3: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing
1: 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? P.R.
2: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now, or learn the stuff they don't want you to know.
1: Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul Deccan, to, uh, give him an audio nod or clap if mm. the spirit so moves you. Uh, but most importantly, you are here and you are you, and that makes this Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. We hope this podcast finds you in good spirits. We hope you find our voices, uh, if not soothing, tolerable. Mm. Just get some room tone, some hum tone. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, See, now what we'll do is take that and then run it through a program that specifically deletes all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're all about noise reduction here on Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. That's
2: correct. We also, like many podcasters, uh, put in our due diligence when it comes to finding, isolating, and erasing strange or extraneous noises. And this brings us to maybe an opening question for today's show. Have you ever heard a sound that bugs you? Now, we're not, we're not referencing something like misophonia where certain noises push you into a blind rage like snoring or the sounds of forks on ceramics. That's a big one for people. Uh, we're talking about something you just can't quite put your finger on. In some cases, uh, as
1: in my case, in our home, there's a leaky faucet that I have yet to fix, and I keep putting it off. But man, that sound—it just feels like it reverberates throughout my small, Trip. my small home. Man, there's Trip. these sounds happening again. It's almost like they're haunting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> there are other things, like maybe a fan that's oscillating just slightly as it's spinning around, <sharp inhale> just a little too much. <laughs>
0: you know, I have a family of rabid squirrels that live in my attic. Oh, wow. They make all kinds of sounds. Oh, yeah, they do. I've had that before. We actually just fixed it, but I was really worried that my landlord was going to block off the hole while the squirrels were still in there. And mm. then the
1: smell. Oh. You
0: didn't think of the smell. I you. know. Well, I, I texted him, please, please don't close up the hole while the squirrels are still in there. And he, he seemed a little offended that I would think he would be so stupid. But his only, his only response was, sure. Oh, I thought his reply was, "lol." <laughs> no, it was sure, sure. I'm actually unclear about what that response uh, implied.
2: If he was annoyed with me, or if he really hadn't considered it. <laughs> right, right. It's tough to tell in text, but there is, regardless of the source of the sound, there's an immense satisfaction we can all agree in identifying it and stopping it. You know, and mm-hmm. you find the leaky faucet, you fix it. The squirrels are out of the attic, but in some cases, that whine, that creak, that hum, or that odd bump. Every uh, every night at 3.37 a.m., regardless of what you do. In some cases, they can continue indefinitely, and for years, the entire city of Windsor, Ontario, has been haunted by an unidentified noise. Locals compare it to the sound of distant thunder, which actually sounds sort of romantic mm. uh, when you first think about it, or a subwoofer at a concert, which sounds torturous, or – a fleet of diesel engines idling, and they call this the Windsor
0: Hum. So Windsor, Ontario, is right across the river from Detroit, Michigan. It is the southernmost city in Canada and actually due south of
2: Detroit. Due to the way the uh, river bends, and and it's counterintuitive on the map, Uh, it's... It's not a huge metropolis, you know, it's no new, new York City, Shanghai or Chicago, but it's it's certainly not a tiny town. It has a pretty pretty robust population. It has a metro area, right?
1: Mhm. Yeah, and it is strange to see it when you see Lake St. Clair and then just this river, the Detroit River going down and how really close these two cities are, Detroit and Windsor. It's it's odd.
2: Yes, yes, it's odd and they're so close that they cannot not affect each other. Correct. Uh, the total population of the Windsor metro area as of 2017 uh, was around 344,747 people feels weird to say around and then give the exact number, but that probably has changed over time because we're in 2018 now. Uh, as Noel pointed out, uh, that metropolitan area includes more than just Windsor. It has uh, Tecumseh, Amherstburg, LaSalle, and Lakeshore included there, and This city has had its ups and downs. The recession hit the area very hard. We're talking about an automotive industry uh, that went in decline, steelmaking as well. And this led a vice journalist named Manisha Krishnan to compile a series of, let's call them, unflattering depictions of the town. It was described as, again, this is not us. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us have been to Windsor, have we?
1: Not
0: yet.
2: No. No. I've never been to Canada that I recall. We'll get up there. Well, let's get up there together, guys. How about that? Sure. Let's take a trip. Uh, If we go to Windsor, according to some of its critics, we will be visiting Canada's armpit, a place known for car robberies, drug dealing, and, quote, zero to little culture. One person, poetically noted, Windsor
1: smells like desperate American youth mixed with dirty
2: Canadian hosers.
0: Who are these people talking such trash about Windsor? They're people from
2: Windsor. Oh, okay. They're in okay. Windsor. One, one student at the University of Windsor said, the city may smell and the university may be shitty, but who gives a f- once you're drunk? <laughs> oh, wow. Not a ringing endorsement, but the city has been on the up and up recently.
1: Yeah, there's been some urban re- revitalization. Um, <clears throat> the thing we call, <clears throat> you notice that sound there, uh, gentrification maybe is another word to to call it. But hey, it's been in full swing. All kinds of things, you know, uh, are are being created there that
2: used to be on the rubbles of mm-hmm. someone else's troubles. There we go. That was well done, Matt. Yeah, art galleries. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and Windsor is also known for its pizza. Apparently, the secret is they cut the pepperoni into small bits. Really nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think it's sort of like the New York, New York pizza dough and bagels? Because there's something
2: weird going on in the water. Maybe. Quite, quite possibly. Maybe. I would, I would love to check it out. Sure, uh, take some tests, some samples. Some tests. Yes, yes. For science, uh, we can pitch it to our bosses. If you live in the area, uh, write in and let them know that you'd love to see us on the road foreshadowing. It's also known for its strip clubs and according to some more cynical locals, the best thing about it is that it's close to Detroit.
0: Really, really close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta is also known for its strip clubs. Just putting that out there because we have something in common.
2: Oddly enough, Portland is known for that too. Is that right? Yeah. The the last time I was there, the Uber driver told me he, he was listing facts about Portland, you know, and uh, he – one of the facts he listed, somewhat awkwardly, he said, "I, you know, I don't know if you're into this or what kind of trip you're on, but Portland has the uh, highest per capita amount of strip clubs. And I was like, you mean in Oregon? And he said, oh, no, 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 in the U.S. Wow. I have not verified that. I'm not – no judgment. I'm not really a strip club aficionado. I just picture
0: the strippers in Portland wearing all handmade clothes. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Birds on it. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. I love that. (laughs) Sorry. We can
2: only hope, you know. That that sounds pretty interesting. Of course, there is one other local phenomenon, and that is the subject of today's episode, the hum. Because along with several other small towns, Windsor, Ontario has been plagued by this humming sound in unpredictable ways – At least since 2011, no one seems to know the origin of it. And as of yet, as we record, no one has been able to accurately predict when it will occur. And do you want to
1: let everybody hear what it sounds like? We're going to play a quick clip here. But if you don't have some, some pretty good headphones with frequency response that goes well into the deep registers, you may not be able to hear this. Um, Your phone, definitely, if you're playing with your phone speakers, you're not going to be able to hear it. So uh, prepare yourselves with some either headphones or speakers and listen to this. And that's it. And that. I totally get the the whole sound of a subwoofer out in the distance, like mm-hmm. there's a concert occurring somewhere that you can't see, but you can totally hear the bass. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I get that with this place called Plaza Fiesta that's near my home. <laughs> <where> <laughs> Which is great. You know that's my
0: favorite place in Atlanta.
1: It's one of the coolest places in Atlanta, but if they have an outdoor concert or something, mm-hmm. you can totally mm-hmm. hear mm-hmm. the subwoofer mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. way, way far away.
2: Yes. Yeah, because that sound carries mm-hmm. so powerfully. And... We know that it, for many people listening, it may sound like you just sat through a couple of seconds of silence. But uh, as my fellow co-hosts, uh, both of whom are uh, noted audio experts, can assure you, we really did play a clip that had a sound in it. Right? Yeah,
0: it was real. I mean, Paul was supposed to stick it in in post. <laughs> if he did his job right. Then we <laughs> did play
1: a clip. We didn't make it happen manually, though.
2: Ooh, we got the uh, we got the shrug.
1: Yeah, he did it. He did <laughs> he's like, I have to think about doing it. <laughs> you know, he's the only person on our show who gets introduced with a last name. Isn't that kind of strange? I feel like if somehow he's way more important than us.
2: You can use any last name you want on the show, Matt.
1: Oh, yeah, they call you Ben. All right, I got you. I got <laughs> you, you can
2: use any name you want. And, uh, you know, Noel, now that I think about it, we've never checked to see whether Matt's real name is Matt. I mean that he's got a real trustworthy face. That's true. He's he's doing it.
0: He's doing it right now. He's I don't doing like the it. Face.
2: You stop. It's kind of like uh it's it's kind of like in primal fear Edward Norton's character for mm. most of the movie. Yeah. Did, did you see that? Till the turn? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but uh but um, we do we do know that this thing is apparently real. Nowadays, if you're a person given to Facebook and you're interested in this thing, there's good news. First, you can go to our community page. Here's where it gets crazy, where you can find where you can find us and uh, your fellow listeners sharing strange, bizarre stories and sometimes some really solid jokes. And there's good memes, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come for the creepy stories, stay for the memes. That's what we've always said. (laughs) Every (laughs) time. Every time. And the second thing you could do if you are interested in this is check out some of the Facebook groups dedicated to solving the mystery of the hum. They have not— conclusively solved it yet, and we'll, we'll tell you why in a moment. But the individuals in these groups and other forums online share information about the phenomenon, recordings of the actual sound as best they can record it, descriptions of where they were when they encountered something, the time of day, and so on. And we should say that not all residents of the affected communities claim to have heard this. So, you'll you'll run into people who say, well, my dad heard it. yes or my significant other did, but I have not personally encountered it. But nonetheless, it is a well-known phenomenon in this area, and virtually everyone believes it's real. There's no one at this point saying it's hocus-pocus or uh, a load of hokum.
1: Yeah, the, the range is those people, like you said, maybe my dad heard it, to other people who have four recording, like recorders set up on their property somewhere, recording every day, just listening to this hum and trying to figure it out.
2: And this made us think... You know, off air, we had talked about this a little bit. This made us think of how many strange noises we just encounter and accept in our day-to-day. Now, the, the four of us live in a city. We live in a metro area. And really, it's startling how many noises we just don't consciously register that surround us at all times. And Paul was mentioning earlier uh, that when he or when other filmmakers stop for room tone, and everybody quiets down for a moment, that's when you hear this strange, you know, uh, I don't know, a chuff.
1: Whatever it is, it's always something, especially if you're outdoors. That's when you'll hear the construction equipment that's going on miles away that you had no idea was happening,
2: but you can totally hear it. And so it's not unusual to have strange noises in our lives, but the hum is a little bit different in this case, because it has been linked to detrimental health effects.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this definitely changes the game a little bit. It's been linked to actual physical symptoms like depression, which seems broad to me. But we can move on from that. And here's some more measurable ones, I would say. Nausea, sleep problems, heart palpitations, earaches, headaches, not to mention – it's another one that's a little broad, but I love it – widespread annoyance. Mm-hmm. That's, prob- that's that's yeah. probably the most easily understood. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess when I say broad, I just mean like one person's base level is another person's hyper annoyed. Um, but I'm more interested in the you know the heart palpitations and the earaches and anything physical like that. You know, I mean yeah. it sounds like most of the people that live in Windsor, Ontario are probably pretty depressed and annoyed already. If if the uh, descriptions are any indication, yeah. just putting that out there. No judgment on you, Windsor. These are in
2: your words, right? Yeah, these again. We haven't we haven't been there, but I, I appreciate the point you mentioned, Noel, about baselines being radically different. You know, some people are just real pills. That's a tragedy of the human condition. But uh, some experts have started calling this a vibroacoustic disease, mm. which sounds cool but a little redundant in my opinion. There's a medical opinion we found from a Dr. Darius Kohan, who is the director of otology and neurotology at Lenox Hill Hospital and Manhattan Eye, Ear, and Throat Hospital. And he said that the low-frequency hum was unlikely to cause long-term hearing damage, uh, similar to what we had talked about in our previous episode on sonic weapons in Cuba. Mm -hmm. But... It could be as debilitating as tinnitus. Tinnitus is that persistent ringing in the ears that just ruins life for some people.
0: Which I think you get from pretty slow and steady hearing damage over time. Well, that's certainly one way. Like if you're a sound guy, for example, and you're constantly exposing your ears to, you know, above recommended decibel levels, you know, on the regular, you could develop something like this. I could see how this relatively imperceptible low-frequency sound to to most or, you know, obviously it's perceptible, but it's certainly kind of – it's not to the point where you can't hear over it. It's just sort of like this bass level kind of buzz. I could see how over time, if it was strong enough frequency, it could probably damage your
1: hearing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is since it's such a low frequency, it penetrates things like walls. Yeah, When you're in your home – it's their reports of being able to hear it sitting in the middle of your living room or in your bedroom Dang. when you're trying to sleep. So mm-hmm. and if you imagine that sound of if there was a subwoofer somewhere outside of your house you're just going. Thoo, thoo, thoo,
0: thoo, thoo, I'm picturing thoo, thoo. this sound as like a personification of some sort of creepy dude in like a trench coat just like coming into your house while you're asleep and just humming in your <laughs> ear.
2: Jeez. I would take the dude over yeah. the sound, yeah, honestly, because so. yeah. you can you, you do know, something about it. You can put down some lot. Well, no, just person. the way you
0: said it, Matt. You're like, you know, it can come through walls. It's coming in while you're sleeping. It's constantly outside, knocking on your. I just, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, it's a great point, point. and another worthwhile point to make is that this is not a case of people imagining a noise. This is not mass hysteria. This is not a shared audio hallucination. At least, not all the time. Because surely, when you have a population this size, there are going to be a couple of people who are mistaken. Maybe it really was just their neighbor's subwoofer.
1: Yeah, if, if it's just a couple of residents around the town talking about, hey, I kind of heard this thing.
0: Maybe. Hmm. Oh, Ben, can I clarify with you? So, this Dr. Cohen, Kohan, he is he saying that the sound itself, when experienced, could be as debilitating as tinnitus, just this the the, the existence of it constantly in your life, or that it could cause the kind of effects that, that tinnitus would cause over oh, yeah. time.
2: Oh, great question. No, that it would be equally as much of a pain in the keister as tinnitus. Got Not it. that it would cause it Got it. Okay,
0: well, I think I mischaracterized it entirely then. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I bet you there's a, there's an alternate opinion too probably, or oh, probably yeah. many.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. So we will encounter them. Uh, this thing, here's how real it is. This thing is so painful – To part of the population that they've packed up, they've moved, they've raised their tent stakes and tried to escape the hum. So what on earth is this thing? Where does it come from? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor.
1: terminix it
2: visit terminix.com to book your appointment online today
1: that's t-e-r-m-i-n-i-x dot com to book online today
2: here's where it gets crazy because you see the concern about the hum went beyond chatter at town hall and angry post on forums the authorities got involved
1: yeah, the Canadian government itself did. There was a month-long investigation by Natural Resources Canada in the summer of 2011, and it identified the hum as a prominent airborne frequency of approximately 35 hertz. And there is a report that you can read on this that you can find online mm-hmm. uh, by the Geological Survey of Canada that was performed in 2011. And uh, it goes through exactly what they found.
2: Yeah. And there was another 2014 investigation carried out by the University of Western Ontario or UWO and the University of Windsor. And they were supported in this study by the Canadian Department of Foreign Affairs and International Trade or DEFITE. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw <laughs> <in> <laughs> that eye. De- 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 uh They also confirmed the existence of the hum in their study and both – of these endeavors were able to prove that there was something weird going on, something amiss, even if they could not conclusively discern the source. They feel like they mm-hmm. got close, though. They feel it, like they got close.
1: And in that study, they even look at the hum in general that we've spoken about on this show before. In all these various places of the world, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you imagine that the Windsor Hum is a very specific thing that probably has a source, but then there are all these other places in the world, in Wales, in British Columbia, in Mexico, Alabama, England. New Mexico, too. Yeah. Just (laughs) all these places that experience something like this.
2: Mm -hmm. And the question then becomes, what could be causing the sound? That's what they were attempting to answer in this case. And they had the benefit, at least the residents of Windsor had the benefit of a government that took this seriously because other reports of HUMs have been investigated with much less rigor. You yeah. know? And you can also, when you read these studies, you can dig into the technical details of the array they used, the algorithms they used, and how they attempted to remove any alarmism or hysteria and keep it all objective. But despite that, according to an excellent article by The Guardian, the hum's persistent presence in the city has inspired a slew of – their words, not ours. Conspiracy theories. Yep. Uh, from a PhD thesis that seeks to incorporate or, or the noise into song or figure out what kind of musical pattern. Like it, you could sample the hum? And like you could, or maybe it's an some other grand song, like a whale song or something. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That's but coming,
1: but coming from uh, the Rouge River or maybe the Detroit River, <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: So not maybe not a whale, but some sort of yeah, some sort of musical phenomenon. There are also theories, of course, that link the hum to unidentified flying objects or UFOs, or possibly covert tunneling by the Canadian military. However. These studies, although, again, they didn't def- definitively get their Kaiser Soze here, they did pick what they would call a place of interest. It's a little place called Zug Island. That's not real. It's, it is
1: very much real. Wow. And That's it's an
2: amazing
0: it, name for an island. It's it, a terrible name. <laughs> Zug? What is it? Like, I'm king of the Zugs. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a space slug. Yeah. A Zug. Very strange.
2: It, they sound like enemies of the Oompa Loompas. Indeed.
1: And uh, it's, it's got a different name. The whole island, whoosh, whoosh, I'm gonna, it, is kinda, it is an island now. now. It wasn't always an island, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a fascinating place. I'm sorry. How does something have not always
2: been an island? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs>
1: So originally the land the the land that would become Zug Island mm-hmm. was a peninsula and for thousands of years it was this uninhabited area that was also a Native American burial ground.
2: True story. Yeah. An uninhabited Native American burial ground. What do we mean by uninhabited? We mean that native populations would go there to bury their dead and would not live there because they would be living on a sacred gravesite.
0: Yeah, and there you know Wow. I'm picturing like a pet cemetery kind of situation Well,
1: just wait. So then it becomes an island uh, after a canal is dug, okay? So if you're looking at it on Google Maps, um, Detroit is just above it. And then across the river, of course, you've got Windsor. And you're traveling down the Detroit River. There's this tiny little... Thing It doesn't even look like an island at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because this canal was dug uh, around this peninsula area where the Rouge River goes into the Detroit River.
2: Right. Yeah. So now with this canal, the idea was that the ships would be able to save some time. That's all, that's all it was meant for. That's all it is. It's a shortcut. And this allowed ships to bypass not even that much of a distance, like several hundred yards maybe. Yeah. Uh, The island is named after uh, a specific guy, Samuel Zug, a bookkeeper who turned into a furniture magnate. He went to Michigan to become a a furniture magnate, and he turned into a real estate mogul. And originally, he and his wife were going to live on Zug Island. It didn't really suit them. So he ended up selling it, and it became a place where a lot of industries originally dumped stuff. Again— on this burial ground.
1: Big industries too. We're talking iron and steel works. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really has – the work that's gone on on top of this land has really taken a toll on it over yeah. the years. And if you look at it in Google Maps from above, it looks just like – A a
2: darkness. Like a dystopian vision. Yeah. From a steampunk novel. It's odd. Yeah, it does have an environmental toll. According to an article in the January 20th, 2010 edition of the Detroit Free Press, the neighborhoods around the area comprise six of the ten most polluted zip codes in Michigan. Six of the ten. Jeez. The – Air quality samples contain lead, high levels of methyl ethyl ketone. Uh, large numbers of cancer and asthma cases occur there. Uh, there are foul smells with sparkly dust that have to be removed with toilet cleaner. Jeez. But the good news is local businesses, communities, and governments have so far kept part of the island undeveloped, and otherwise scarce wildlife can thrive in those areas. Right now, one of the The big business on the island is U.S. steel, which you may recall friends and neighbors, especially American friends and neighbors, from recent conversations about steel tariffs here in the United States. Yeah, Still in business. It's a big business. You might not hear about it much unless it pops up in a political sphere or unless you are involved in the steel or iron making industry. But yes, it is a big deal. And U.S. steel, you might be asking yourself, well, hey, guys, what do they do on the island? We don't know.
1: Well... According to U.S. Steel uh, – their website, ussteel.com, mm-hmm. this facility is called Great Lakes Works. Mm-hmm. And on there, it says it, – this is just what it says. Uh, steel making occurs here. Fin- it has finishing facilities. And uh, p- products manufactured at the plant include hot rolled, cold rolled, and coated sheet steels that are used primarily by customers in the automotive industry. However – Mm -hmm. If you look at the thing and you look at the place, it doesn't look like much is going on there.
2: That's the other thing. That's – this is the primary beef people have with it. They say that U.S. steel is uncooperative in terms of allowing access to the island and that breeds – of course, that breeds suspicion, right? Mm -hmm yeah but we've run into this before with any kind of utility
0: or large uh corporate entity or manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They don't want you coming around their place right like with the, the we went to the looking for the secret buildings, the hidden buildings mm-hmm. in New York, and we found this uh power substation that was disguised as like a you know apartment. We wandered around there for five minutes and someone came out and told us to get. I mean – In a very polite way. That was that's a fair. very
2: nice guy. That's fair. I'm going
0: to say I don't think it necessarily implies a conspiracy right off the bat. Um, but, you know, there's probably good reason they don't want people coming around.
2: Yeah, the, uh, this is a great point. So the Con Ed substation, uh, the Mott substation – Mott this? Haven. Mott Haven, mm-hmm. thank you, with two Ts. Uh, that place looks like – in a fancy condo or apartment building that takes up an entire block. Yeah. And they don't want you there. This place is the literal garbage island. <laughs> right. They don't – and they don't want you there. And it's, it's a great point. It doesn't mean that something nefarious is going on. It just means that, look, they're not going to be selling to the public. The four of us aren't going to walk there and buy, you know, two tons of cold rolled steel. For our purposes, yeah,
1: not <laughs> this year. <laughs>
0: not
2: this year. Saving up for that big uh, DIY home improvement project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna build a. Uh, I'm gonna build a mech. Nice. But this is a great point. I mean, that doesn't secrecy does not necessarily imply any kind of uh, any kind of untoward activity. But we can totally see how people would think that because the big question is, you know. If you're not doing anything wrong, why can't we see it? One of the arguments, by the way, from Mott Haven, that substation, is an argument about security of infrastructure. Mm. So we we were able to find it, uh, because we're, you know, we're fairly intrepid. And the big question for someone who's trying to protect that or keep it secret is, well, if these Yahoos could find this thing on their own, what would a professional you know, m- militia or a, a group of spies or terrorists, what, what would stop them from doing the same thing?
1: Hmm. Just to jump on the arguments you guys are talking about mm-hmm. with the secrecy and everything, the other issue here is that it's an international problem, it, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about two different countries that are separated by this tiny little body of water going across. And people on one side are being affected potentially by what's going on on the other
2: side. Yeah, as as you mentioned earlier, Matt, they are going to inevitably affect one another, regardless of what sort of political borders exist. They don't change the geography, and that's also part of the reason why the Canadian studies could not make definitive conclusions. Right? They couldn't get access. No. Uncle Sam said, "Nah." Yeah. Well, nah. U.S. Steel said, "Nah," and then Uncle Sam said, "That's right." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my boy. I got his
2: back. So, oh man! So they did their best. Uh, Again, the science here is really solid, and they're pretty transparent about where they feel their study came up short uh, due to the unpredictable nature of the hum. They had all this equipment out. Sometimes the hum just wouldn't show up. It does Mm -hmm. what it will.
1: But they were able to possibly trace the hum to kind of a specific area. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that right after a quick word from our sponsor. Terminix it.
2: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
2: And we're back. Matt, you're absolutely correct. They traced it to Zug Island specifically. And furthermore, they traced it to a blast furnace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, these
0: headings on this outline sound like the, the chapters of a, of a young adult fiction book. We've got like Zug Island and then the Blast Furnace. <laughs> it sounds like episodes of Stranger Things or something. This is a creepy location.
2: Yeah, let's pitch that. Stranger Things Season 4. Zug Island. I like it. I would watch it. Or maybe a reality show, sort of like
0: The Bachelor in Paradise, but <laughs> you're on this like toxic waste island. Mm-hmm. I know there's no actual
1: toxic waste there. It
0: just strikes me as like some sort of like Russian toxic waste dumping site that time mm-hmm. forgot, kind of.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, this does have the workings of a horror movie for me because there is a native – Native American burial ground on top of which a giant industrial structure is placed that's polluting all of the land below it. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the industrial machine of the United States that killed all of the ancestors. So the native people come back from the dead and they're like have super mutant
0: strength and zombie powers and they come to exact their revenge on those that polluted their – I mean, that's Place one— Place of rest. Too. And,
2: and, and this is in the movie, right? And the reason they rise up is because they had to wait for the stars and the planets to be in the right order. Yeah. Maybe that's the source of the hum. Yeah, is the slow movement of the heavens.
1: And they all say, zug, zug, and then they— <laughs> That's
2: too far. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they all hum. That would be scary. Ooh. If they all hum—
0: that's the no, sound? No. They're all humming at the same time. And then they've got to create this sympathetic vibration that then, I
2: don't know, we're, we'll, we'll workshop Opens it. up the darkness between the stars. Boom! I mean, it write, <laughs> writes itself, right? But, but <laughs> aside from our fantastic pitch, Paul, are you in for this horror movie that we just pitched? All right. Great. He's in. I don't know. That was a trepidatious yes. I don't know. Yes. We'll, yeah, we'll sell him on it. We'll, yeah, we'll,
1: this is just, we're just spitballing him We'll right get now. a
2: treatment. We'll do a one page. Okay. Um, okay. So, <laughs> while we're at it, let's examine this this blast furnace. These furnaces are huge; they're they're gigantic. They are as uh, powerful as they sound. Essentially, here's what occurs: fuel, also known as coke, uh, ores, and limestone, are continuously supplied through the top of the furnace, and at the bottom, there's this blast of hot air, sometimes with oxygen enriched inside of it, uh, and it blows through the lower section of the furnace through a series of pipes. And the chemical reactions take place throughout the furnace as the material, the ores and stuff, fall downward. This has immense pressure. The end products are supposed to be molten metal and various what they call slag phases tapped from the bottom and then gases exiting the top of the furnace. Uh, there's a The thing at the top is called a bell. Mm-hmm. And one of the blast furnaces on Zug Island has a cracked bell top. This increases the amount of pollution it emits. It still works, but it's not up to code. In 2016, U.S. Steel was fined and uh, told to make repairs on that infrastructure, specifically that cracked bell. We know that from documents from the U.S. government, but this wasn't a huge story outside of the area. And this, the, this altogether leads people to say that despite the studies, despite the lack of a definitive conclusion, we have our culprit. But now other people are not helping them, helping the residents of Windsor investigate this, specifically the town of River Rouge.
1: Yeah, this is a U.S. suburb that's downstream from Detroit. And they claim that their city council already spent over a million dollars to help Windsor to find the source of this noise. However, they did say the hum likely comes from the steel mill facilities on Zug Island. So they're saying, look, we already gave you a bunch of money. We already tried to help.
2: We're pretty sure it's Zug. <laughs> right. Right?" And they're trying to be as on the up and up as they can and mm-hmm. say, you know, we're not 100 percent sure. But, you know. But
1: it is Zug. It
2: is Zug. I
1: mean, look at it.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And- zug
0: should be a word we used for either describing something that's super cool
2: or super messed up. And we should always we we should always be vague about it. Yeah,
0: sort of like Zeph, you know, a uh-huh. Dion word. Yeah. You know that group? Everything's Zeph. I think that
1: means it's cool. Nice. For me, it's all about Warcraft 2. Mm. The uh, orcs, if you clicked on them, they'd go Zug Zug.
2: Oh, so that okay, that's not out a whole cloth then. Yeah, correct. Oh. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll get into World of Warcraft one day.
1: I, I'm talking about the original one, like the, the top down? Top down, Command oh, yeah. and Conquer style. Only Command and Conquer was it, it's it's And you could
2: build little buildings too, right? Yeah, like temples yeah. and stuff.
1: I remember uh, Starcraft. I played StarCraft.
0: Mm-hmm. That was sort of the next level one, right?
1: Yeah, post Warcraft too.
0: Post yeah. post wow. Mm-hmm. I really want to get a magic game together with you guys. The only problem is, Matt, I know you would probably wipe the floor with me, so it might not be fun. Ben, I I, can't s- I know you'd be great. I know Matt would, would be the greatest because he's got the most experience. I would be the worst. But I would still enjoy it. Maybe we could start easy and play Munchkin first and then work yeah. our way up to...
2: Matt got me a... Uh, this is a very kind thing. Years and years ago, Matt... And our friend Tyler, a super producer here at How Stuff Works, got made a magic deck for me for a uh, birthday. Like they picked the right cards
0: they thought would suit you mm-hmm. and gave you a good good well balanced deck. Yeah, it was a pretty powerful
1: black
2: black and green, I black think. Black
1: and green deck, yeah. Dang,
2: do you still have it? Yeah, of course. Well, I, I keep to... it at my desk in case uh, in case the opportunity ever arises. I want a deck. That's cool. I'm gonna make my own deck and then we can deck up. Nice. And hopefully we can do that sooner rather than later. Speaking of sooner rather than later, hopefully this mystery will be solved. I don't know. I wanted to ask you all, do you feel like it's solved? Do you think they've, they've found this noise, this low-frequency sound would therefore be gas of some sort escaping the blast furnace? Or it would be just the operation of a specific blast furnace, likely the one with the broken bell top.
1: Well, you know, first, Noel, I'd like to get your opinion on something. Sure. I'm going to have you pull up this link on YouTube that's actually, actually got a spectral waveform of the hum recording. And I just want you to tell me what you see here. Well, I mean, this is a, what we're looking at here is a spectral
0: waveform, which is a very specific type of view. Um, It's a little more precise, and you can use it to isolate sounds that you wouldn't normally see. So you can see things almost like as events, for example. So if I wanted to get rid of a particular sound and leave other sounds, I could look at the spectral waveform and see, oh, here at this moment, this other event happens. If you were just looking at a standard waveform, everything's kind of tied together, so there's really no differentiating one type of sound from another. It's all like one thing. Mm-hmm. that makes sense? Yeah. So in this spectral waveform, you can see that the sound is a very low frequency sound um, between 30 and 40 hertz, just very, very low in the spectrum. Um, and it goes along for about 40 seconds. And then around the 50-second mark – Matt, you pointed this out to me off mic – it pitches up a little bit to about 80 to 100 hertz and then yeah. stays there kind of plateaus there and in that spectral view you can also kind of see a couple of little extra events happening above that base level of the uh, of the sound whereas in that 0 to 30 portion of it there's nothing
1: yeah i i th- I found this strange, and I thought maybe you'd have some insight on it. It feels to me like something possibly metal or mechanical that is ceasing, a process that is ceasing, hmm. which Ooh, that's to, good, Matt. to your question, I mean, this is, you know, I'm not but an expert, wouldn't but... But you would catch
0: that from far away, though. You would only hear the part of the sound that would carry. You would only hear the low, 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 low frequency part that would carry that long distance. Any little extra
1: clang, you would only perceive that, I think, if you were close. Well, I guess I, if I'm imagining the... The furnace. Hmm. The way I'm imagining it is as you're like shutting the process down. If you're just running it for a certain time, sure. As you're shutting it down, perhaps there are some sounds with a cracked, uh, like you mm-hmm. said, cracked bell that just makes this higher pitch frequency. If you're really getting all the resonance – because they said it's aerial sound. So right. yeah. it's like resonance that's hitting the atmosphere and coming back down. Well,
0: that's true. And I, I will say we're not looking at a cycle. I mean we're, we're it obviously cycles consistently because we're looking at a, a, about a minute of this sound. And then at the end of that minute, that's where this other event happens. So, you know what I mean? It's not like on a loop. There's something that changes in the sound. And I see what you're saying, Matt. This isn't we're not looking at a super spike in high frequencies. It's just like a couple of, you know, 10, 20 hertz higher. Mm-hmm. So it would be it would still carry, but it could maybe represent some change in process or something that happens physically to make the sound contort in some way. And I, I see what you're saying. That that does make sense. And about. this builds a great
2: case if that if that is always what we see yes. each, in each instance of the hum. For now, despite the research, despite the uh, effect this phenomenon has on the quality of life, people in and around Windsor, Ontario, the hum continues. As we record, there's not much that Windsor can do. They are at a standstill because even if the hum is caused by this blast furnace, Windsor has no jurisdiction over the area. The community organizations in charge of the river have been very clear in saying that they're not going to continue pouring money into the investigation. U.S. Steel is not worried about this thing or re- really responding to inquiries. Do but, you think it's you
0: know, really affecting people's quality of life, Ben? Like, do you do you get the sense from the research here that it really is a, a yeah, problem?
2: Yeah. When I was when I was looking into it, I mean, obviously the entire city hasn't moved. So it's not as if people are bleeding out of their ears and eyes or whatever. But, yeah, this stuff can have a a debilitating effect, as Dr. Cohan pointed out. And it may sound strange, folks, as you're listening to this. It may sound strange to think that you might one day be in a situation where a noise bugs you so much that you move. But take that initial impression and play it out for seven years now.
0: Well, do you guys remember that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where they move into this new house and there's a house sound every night there, Larry and Cheryl are reading in bed and there's just this little, and it just happens like once every now and then at night and they like have a workman come in. But he only comes at night because that's the only time they hear it. Ooh. And then the episode ends with them like laying in bed, and they're talking, and you can hear him in the other room going,
4: "Quiet, quiet! I can't hear the sound." You know,
0: and then they do end up moving <laughs> because of
2: the house sound. So, you know, well, Larry David is also a rather sensitive. It was more, man. it was more uh, Cheryl, I think. Oh, really? Than, yeah, Cheryl. Yeah. yeah. Well, those noises can can, of course, they could drive you mad, have a bad effect, especially psychologically. It's difficult. To have an unpredictable noise. It's true. That's one of the reasons why if you're ever already kind of in an edgy mood and you have to spend time with strangers, and this probably, Matt, probably drives you crazy as a talented percussionist. Like let's say you're on a train somewhere or you're waiting in an elevator and someone's just got to do their own beat and it's off.
0: Especially if it's a little off, Exactly.
2: And, uh, so, you know, I wish you could see Matt's expression. Yeah, we, are, we are speaking to the choir on this one. But, yeah, that unpredictability is part of it, you know, that lack of agency in your own home. So that is the case as it stands today. And thank you to everybody who wrote in and asked us to take a look at this. I was really impressed, Noel and Matt, by your, uh, your audio digging here, uh, as always. That was a fun moment.
0: Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. It was, uh, it was neat. You are very much welcome.
2: And hums similar to Windsor's have been reported in, as Matt said earlier, at least a dozen communities worldwide. Australia, England, Scotland, Wales. Uh, You can check out our earlier video we did on stuff they don't want you to know. available on YouTube and Amazon where we look at the Tau hum. hum. Now,
0: if there's a rattle connected with the hum, then I blame the uh, popular uh, Irish band U2.
1: (laughs) There's a little rattle in there.
0: Well, if there's a, you know, they have that album, Rattle and Hum. It's a bad joke. <sighs> I
1: didn't even know that true. was an it's album. A deep, I'm it's, a deep,
2: it's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we finally made it to our <laughs> customary U2 reference.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on U2? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on U2 talking U2 to me?
0: I, I haven't listened to that one, but I love, love, love. Joshua, are, are, are you talking R.E.M. re with Scott? Uh, Aukerman and Adam Scott. It's their continuation of the "Are you talking you two to me?" But they talk about REM, and they uh, it's it. I I don't really even listen to podcasts that much. You guys, this one lights up my life. I
1: love it so much. Thank you, Adam and Scott. Yeah. So send us um, any of your correspondence. We'll make sure they get it. <laughs> right. Uh,
2: and also, speaking of correspondence, have you encountered the Windsor hum specifically, or something like the hum? In your day-to-day life, in your neck of the global woods, we would like to hear from you. Uh, Don't feel obligated, but if you happen to catch it, we'd also love to hear an audio snippet of the sound you are describing. Because one thing we found was that this— this hum in particular, it was not affecting certain genders more than others, nor people of a certain age more than others, uh, which is fascinating because it ties into our earlier thing that Matt brought to us from Listener Mail about using sound to deter loiterers and ne'er-do-wells from a leisure center. And smoking out on the streets. And smoking out on the streets, playing craps, and bobbing for apples. I prefer smoking in the boys' room.
1: That's probably where, yeah that makes
2: more sense. You know, it's a leisure center. The rules are different. It's like the Vegas of community centers. Folks, we have built since that listener mail episode, uh, we have we have built this image of leisure centers in our minds that that uh, honestly I don't know if the real things will ever compare. I think we need to raise some money to build one right here in Atlanta. In the stuff, heart of Atlanta. Stuff they don't want you to know Leisure Center. Yeah. We'll write to our sponsors, Illumination Global Unlimited. It will be our legacy. Yeah. There we go. You know what? We've earned it. And uh presidents get libraries. Maybe podcasters should get leisure centers.
0: There has to be a water slide though. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs>
1: So tell us what you think. Waterslide, yes or no? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, where we're conspiracy stuff, conspiracy stuff show on Instagram. Uh, if you don't want to do those things, but you still want to send us a message, you can call us. What? I was that—that that was a bait and switch. Yeah, you can call. He's not kidding, folks. One eight three three S T D W Y T K. That's one eight three three seven eight three. 9985.
2: We've got plans for these uh, missives. Mm-hmm. Big plans. Uh, we want. This was inspired by the folks who wrote in and attached audio clips of themselves talking to us. We thought this was a great idea and as we often say you are the most important part of the show. We want to hear from you. Uh, pick up your phone. Drop us a line. Nothing weird.
0: And if phones totally freak you out in addition to the internet, well, you still got to use the internet a little bit to do this next part.
2: You can write us an email. We are conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. each
1: visit live com slash concert week to buy now that's live com slash concert
0: week to buy now
2: attention true crime enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further introducing
0: Lazarus Naturals your trusted companion for CBD relief.